This is for the nerds, this is for the brainiacs, this is what we deserve Go ahead and play it back, you ain't gonna touch me You not gonna do nothing, you are not above me I bet you wish you was me, I know that I know What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Only Friends podcast. I got Conrad sick, so he opted out, but I'm a fucking champion, so I, you know, powered through. Does that mean <sighs> we're all getting sick as well? Honestly, I don't know. How prone are you to sinus infections? Pretty prone. Then, yeah, you're probably going to get sick. I feel like I already was. It's, uh... Hmm. Sorry, it's, what are you going to do? I feel like such... I feel like such a baby. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, I skipped the gym yesterday and and just, like, walked instead mm -hmm. for my workouts and i'm just like is this is this what's coming to you? you get the sniffles and <laughs> and you just don't put in the work anymore this is decay but like i don't know how to explain it i i have so much snot when i was blowing my nose i was getting lightheaded you yeah. know you like you blow with that. so much pressure yeah, and you're that, just yes. like seeing stars afterwards yes. i was like this just can't be the right yeah. state of mind to be picking do you up find yourself things. having to blow your nose a lot when you're working out like I, I, uh, almost I like, never really like yep. i feel like i get stuffed up when i'm working out and like and then and then it becomes hard to breathe and then it's the workout becomes harder then i really have to just blow my nose and then it clears it all out and i'm like breathe again. the the relief of like i've always been the type when i get congested it's the it's the type of congestion that you just can't do anything about it yeah. like you get mucinex or whatever but like it doesn't run i don't get like runny noses you know i just mm -hmm. get like bound up but as I've gotten older, um, I, I think I've gotten like a little bit more of the mix where I can blow my nose. And now I sound like, you know, those old men who like oh, have yeah. hankies. I think yeah. we all know that sound. And, yeah. and they just, they sound like blowhorn. <laughs> it's yeah. like, that's me. Like yeah, I've, I've just turned into the guy who mm -hmm. has a snot towel. Right. You've become <laughs> blowhorn, bro. Sounds blow like the jewel bro. at 8 a.m. Yeah. Really reminds yeah. me of my granddad. My granddad just mm -hmm. like, you know, he was just forever blowing his nose, man. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't feel, like, pain. I just feel, like, pressure, like, right here. Oh, yeah, you got it. Just bing, bing, yep. bing. Yeah, wait till tomorrow, buddy. Well, I mean, I've always had it. I've had it for, like, a week-ish plus now. Oh, so you're patient zero. I okay. Is Thanks. that how it works? Yeah. Speaking so, of... Someone uh, had to give it to me and Conrad. Is that... Yeah. Speaking of health care, I uh, went to the doctor this morning. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm Clean not. Bill? I'm not pregnant. Okay. Uh, <laughs> what about what about the AIDS? Uh, well, we don't know. The, we we got blood work. You okay. know, we got a checkup, and so uh, lost a few pounds, which is good. You know. What do you get done on your blood work? Do you know? Um, I asked for a hormone uh, a full thing. Hormone panel. Yeah, for for full hormone panel, they're gonna do like you know all the um the lipid tests and yeah, all that stuff. So you had to get yeah. your blood taken. Like, can I set the line on the yeah, tortoise? Yeah, she, she was a real vampire. There was a lot of valves she took out. The when, when you get the hormone, pass out the tortosterone. Yeah. yeah. When you get I'm, the hormone, I'm, I'm gonna set the line at five twenty-five. I'll take under five. I'll take under. Higher, lower. <laughs> 525 is a lot. No, it's not. No, For a 42-year-old man. It's, like it's, it, it's probably what the average yeah. should be. Really? Yeah. You think he's under no. average? Yeah. Why? <laughs> oh, you're a little gooey. I'm a little gooey? You haven't seen me. <laughs> gooey. <Gooey-ly. laughs> listen. You're getting um, soft these days, no, Turtle. You know, four or five months ago. I bet. So, the, like, how does it work? Like, the more you work out, and the like, the if you lose weight, your, your testosterone level will just go up naturally. 
some yes you okay. can you can naturally increase it you know like fractions of a magnitude like, like Andre's maybe 10, 15, Andre's 20. testosterone is nuts yeah he's like a thousand yeah, yeah that's, like that's what that's, that's insane. when he was training jits like twice a day and yeah but to the gym. he's like, obviously he was naturally fighting twice a day right but he's obviously naturally mm -hmm. high i mean yeah. even whenever he gets sedentary he's probably still in the seven eight hundred range i would yeah. assume it's the type of workout you do too like if you if you're doing like combat sports stuff like you would think that that would trigger some kind of hormonal like fight or flight thing i should really check what my well stuff that's is. that's gonna be cortisol but yeah i mean um <clears throat> yeah you could naturally raise it like having a more meat dense diet training a lot more but mm -hmm. the thing is is like however much physical strain you think you're exerting it's always significantly less than what would actually be impactful on on your overall hormonal yeah, system right you know mm -hmm. um it's got to be more it's def <laughs> it's definitely more than it was six months six ago. months ago yeah for, for sure, sure. Yeah. but you, yeah you're you're like also fighting I probably against, dropped 10 pounds right which least, is great and and i've definitely gained muscle yeah so you know but you're like obviously still fighting against uh just decay yeah pretty much lando you taking the <laughs> like under you act the like over? i did nothing for 10 years no you got no. older though i did get older yeah, yeah that's, 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 that's what, what you did for 10 years that's yes. what i'm saying you decayed oh, more that decay yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 i thought you meant just like not like, rotting like, yeah i thought you meant like just like couch rotting no bed rotting. no no you're just like fighting against <laughs> bravo time rotting. bravo rotting um and if you're unwilling to supplement like it's just you know you're on a fast track down to 150 higher lower mm. higher lower 550 525 525 525 is a good line. 550, I would very confidently take under. Uh, lower, sorry. I'd be, I'm going to go, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go <laughs> higher for the turtle. Do you think we could you know get, what? I am wow. too. I say over 525. Do you think we could get... Uh, um, fuck, I'm blanking now. What was the what was the sports app we were shilling? Uh, underdog. Uh, underdog. Do you think we can get Underdog to put Lamanis Testosterone up there? For <laughs> Listen, I, I'm, not gonna, I'm not going to uh, disclose it because I don't, the, want, the I don't want to be known as low T, bro. The... the <laughs> <laughs> The caliente pick of the day is the spicy uh, pepper is higher on Lamanas. One point five x your butt. Your uh, back. Let's hope the right. cholesterol is down. Let's just hope what, the cholesterol is down. What was your cholesterol? Um, it was it was so it's cholesterol. Uh, like a over a year ago, it was high. But high, and they put me on uh, high, high, on on a statin, a, a statin, a very low dose. I would be and very, then it went down, and then it went down. Well, yeah, so. you were on a statin, but yeah. uh, I would be very hesitant. What what was quant? Do you, do you know the numbers at all? I don't remember, not off the top of my head. Because like, um, it was it was high. It was like two thirty. It was yeah. like two. I think your total cholesterol at two hundred is it was, considered baseline. It was it was up there. Maybe it was even higher than that. It might have been two fifty. Okay, something like, like and the bad one or the one that's LDL. not LDL was yeah. was up pretty high. So yeah, it was. Uh, the the yeah. big thing is is that, and again, like you know, do your own research. Uh, I'm not a doctor, but right. uh, the the big thing is more so your triglycerides right that was also really high yeah so that obviously yeah. you want to be conscientious of <laughs> mm -hmm. uh they're finding less of a correlation by my understanding between mm -hmm. ldl and heart disease and yeah. total cholesterol and heart disease so like my total cholesterol i think it's somewhere in the like 170 to 180 range That's yeah good. uh which is good but my doctor actually wants me to get it up because there's a lot of that's what she said yeah there's a lot of like positive correlations getting closer to that 200 number with uh overall heart health and Whatnot. but anyway like <laughs> Tuttle's busy laughing <laughs> real proud of his dad joke you gotta take what you can get <clears throat> um anyway yeah. the whole point of that is that i i personally am just like very hesitant to treat things with pharmaceuticals i i i i um was like i don't want to take i don't want to get on it it was like over like another six months and it yeah. didn't it didn't go down so i was like All right. yeah fair yeah. I, i'm just saying based off of like 
I'm not saying these numbers are arbitrary, but like mm -hmm. a lot of it's just old science and, and I, I that hasn't been updated. Right, and I also don't look at it like you know, it's a very like I said, it's like the lowest dose you can pretty much yeah, take yeah, yeah, of it. Yeah. And uh, I, it wasn't like um, it wasn't like oh I can I can eat whatever I want, and I can do whatever I want now because I'm on this pill, right. which I think a lot of people do. Like yeah, yeah. oh well, I don't I can just you know keep eating the French fries because now I'm taking this pill, and that's uh, that's not the way I look at it. Like, you can do whatever you want if you take Ozempic? Yeah. <laughs> That's definitely not how it works. Although, I did, I, I mean, I don't know personally. Uh, I've never dabbled with it, but I heard that when you're on Ozempic, like, you'll physically get sick if you try to consume too much. Yeah, well, it, it makes you not <coughs> hungry. It makes you just, like, almost, like, queasy, I think, at some point, at, at points. Hmm. Oh, that sounds healthy. Mm -hmm. yeah, it's cholesterol not, a myth, And they, they have no idea the long-term effects of it. They have no idea what, like, when you get on it, when you, when you get off of it, and yeah, it's uh, it's it's great for people that have diabetes. Like it really is. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's a, that, that's what it should be used for. But then people are using it for reasons they shouldn't. It's yeah. I I think that ten years from now it'll be utilized. Everybody's looking no, for no, a no, shortcut. No, 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 no. The opposite. I I think ten years from now we'll see. Uh, there's there's a there's a class for this drug. I can't remember what it's called, but. Um, basically right. I think like 10 years from now, we'll see this being utilized in a very powerful way, but currently it's just being used the same way, like fat burning pills were right. used a couple decades ago. Yeah, exactly. And same as like diet hydroxy fats. cut. And yeah, that exactly. Kind of stuff. Yeah. So what's, what's happening is people are just like not really, uh, executing a normal healthy lifestyle alongside. Everybody wants a shortcut, man. Right, and they, the thing is, is like, the work. shortcuts are fine. It's just, it's no different than like taking juice. Like you can't just take juice and sit on the couch. It <laughs> right. needs to be glucagon, like semaglutide. That's that's what they're called. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, it's like I think that this class of like semaglutides will be uh like implemented into a healthy regiment. Mm -hmm. Uh, and you'll see a lot less of like the quote unquote exempic body where right the exempic the head where like it looks like a lollipop head. Yeah, yeah. like uh, what's his face uh, from Super Bad. Oh, yeah. Um, He's just like Jonah? a skeleton. Yeah, Hill. Jonah Hill. He looks like a skeleton right now. Yeah. Um, and there are a lot of people like this who just like lose a tremendous amount of weight, but mm -hmm. they also lose like all of their yeah. their body mass. Yeah, along Michelle with was it. explaining to me like why why the body looks like that. I don't remember ex the exact. Um, I would just assume it's because of this, the same thing if you starved yourself. Right? Yeah. Like you're, it's effectively <laughs> uh, bordering on eating disorder. Right. Right. And there's certain like fats that don't. Like so, like your your head kind of just kind of stays yeah a little right, bit, right, and right. the rest of your body goes. That's why you look like a lollipop. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I do think that there's a, a positive uh, usage for these, especially for, sure. for people who are like tremendously overweight. Mm -hmm. It's just a matter of like executing it with uh, yeah. a lifestyle change mm -hmm. where it's going to be sustainable moving forward. Yeah. Um, did you guys see this? So, <laughs> if there wasn't already a concern for AI coming for everybody, uh, Guapo, you're probably going to get replaced within the next six months yeah no. conrad Sorry. in the next week Con for sure we're we're de i mean that's why he's not here today right <laughs> we're already working on it uh it's like if he's just doing the intro i'm pretty that. sure oh, we can get those puppies they're not real they're not real this is all exist. ai those puppies don't exist this whole thread look how cute they are but they're not real. it's incredible this whole thread is that's um, amazing videos made through an ai prompt on uh this new open ai called Sora uh, and it's very similar to ChatGPT except instead of outputting uh, you know text it outputs the videos that you want to create this drone footage is 
kind of crazy. It's incredible. Does this stuff does this stuff frighten you guys or excite you? Well, I mean, I feel bad for like people who actually have like gigs like doing this sort of thing. Like it yeah. just seems like they're gonna lose a lot of work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't. I don't necessarily feel like that. how do you compete with this you don't it costs people you know pennies on the dollar compared to right but, the, but that's so all, all that, it does that's is so fantastic the, it, all it does is make the the world more efficient and then people can do other things right right that's that's the way yeah. i see this is like uh the barrier the barrier of entry is so low now to create content right and that's that's both a good and bad thing because mm -hmm. you're gonna get a lot of shit thrown at the wall but like say some like say we can just empower pigtails with this with this tool right and we say like we want this type of training video. Right. Now they, they they don't have to find B roll anymore. Right. Like this is such a powerful tool for yeah. for generating B roll on mm -hmm. the fucking spot for free. Whereas like when we filmed uh, to be determined, for example, the amount of time, money, and resource that we put into just getting B roll, mm -hmm. you know, just to fill the gap in between the interviews and things like that. It's really expensive. Yeah. Imagine if you can just slash that budget now and you can mm -hmm. just have it generated via AI. It's like, you know, this has been happening in movies for decades anyway. Right. Where they're using CGI and <clears throat> a bunch mm -hmm. of other, like, uh, postcards from Earth. It's impossible to know how much of that drone footage was real right. and how much yeah, of it was just exactly. AI. Exactly. I, I watch these nature films and I'm just like, I'm like, is this, is that real or is that like CGI? It's like, so they crisp. say it's real, but it's like, it, it just, in 4K, it's just impossible yeah. to fucking right. know, man. This is the most right. terrifying shit of my entire life. <laughs> why, why? why? This terrifies you? I mean, yeah, people can use this for danger, like a lot of bad things. I know, oh, but, that's every, but that's everything, man. That that's we're like, gonna get deep fakes so hard. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh, no. Well, it's not even just that, man. right? It's not even just like it just us, but like call it like propaganda pieces, this, that, whatever. Mm -hmm. It's really fucked up. That's really the biggest concern. The biggest concern is not knowing what's real and what's, what's false. Like, you, you get, like, all of a sudden, you see, like, you know, the president come on and say something, and it's not really him saying something. Right. Or, or other world leaders, or, yeah, like, yeah, the fear is, like, wars being started. There's for of, sure uh, going to be these, like, technological wars mm -hmm. where... Well, there's that, too, yeah. Like, information wars, I hate to reference the show, but, uh, <laughs> like, info wars will legitimately be a big concern, I think, in the next 10 years if we don't have a way to validate things yeah. pretty efficiently. So, I hope the counter to this is uh, some sort of AI generation that can detect AI. Right. <laughs> you know? And, and you would think that that would be pretty feasible. Mm -hmm. Call it a fair play check, if you will. Yeah, if you will. Yeah. If you will, Landon. Yeah. I will. Um, I, I, I kind of like that idea. But man, this this is just so fascinating yeah. to me because I it's, it's okay. going to, well, it's just going to morph so much of how mm -hmm. we consume. Yeah. Right? Think about how we scroll through reels and shit like that. Right. And how much energy and effort is going into mm -hmm. people creating this content. Now we're just going to be looking at shit. Like I watch snowboarding videos all the time. Now all of a sudden I'm just going to get to see a bunch of shit that's not real not at all. Right. That's just going to be mm -hmm. beautiful and the most yeah. outlandish stuff ever. And I'm mm -hmm. just going to be like, wow, what an amazing sport. Yeah. I think, I think it's um, natural for like humans to, to fear the unknown, right? This is how this happens all the time. Every time there's like a technological advancement. So like, even when like TV came out they're like, oh, it's going to rot your brain. It's going to do this. It's well, going to take, did. it's going to take people away from doing things. And it did. And, yeah, I that's mean, accurate. Yeah, but it did. The internet really, fucked us. Right, Real. right. No, but then it was like, yeah, then the internet. And then it was like smartphones and like, we're all still here. We're all still surviving. The world is hopefully getting to be a better place. We will so certainly that, adapt. Yeah, that exactly. I agree with. It's right. just adapt, improvise, uh, overcome. Eventually yeah. we have to merge with the technology. The singularity, uh, if you will. Right. Do you do you guys know if Sora is a part of ChatGPT or if this is a separate, um, totally independent 
AI. I, I was of the impression it's independent. Is, I think it's a separate AI. Yeah, I was of the impression it's independent. I wonder who mm -hmm. the creators of this are. Because, um, like, ChatGPT ultimately ended up partnering with... You can find it. Someone? I'm not sure. I mean, um, th this is such a game changer. Imagine being a film writer and instead of, like, having to do storyboards... Right. And, like, trying to pitch an idea to, like, some big Hollywood producer, yeah. which normally would take a lot of money, now it's like, oh, like... I can just plug this shit in and give you well, like a very Chat GPT is with Microsoft, right? All right. So Chat GPT makers are the people that also created Sora. Oh, okay. Uh, do you know who they're partnered with? Somebody bought them out, I thought. I, I, I thought, thought it was, was Microsoft. I thought it was Microsoft also, but I didn't want to speak out of pocket. Yeah. I as far as I'm no idea. I, I I don't know exactly for sure, but that that Guapo, imagine right. imagine like, you know, pulling on that thread a little bit. Imagine actually just creating an entire feature film out of I, I don't think we're that far away. Look where we're at now. Like, think about where we're going to be in literally a year or two years from now. Right. Well, th uh, think uh, about like how a script is written. It's so it's so detailed and uh, like almost visual in nature the way it's described. Imagine you just start plugging in scenes from a script and it just plays it out for you. So OpenAI's partner is Microsoft that okay, uh, yeah. is that created Sora. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, to be clear, you would have spoken out of pocket, but you're right. Right. So to be clear, Microsoft didn't uh, create OpenAI, but they ultimately partnered with partnered them in some sort of capacity. OpenAI yeah. created Sora. Matt, if you right. enjoyed your Valentine's Day gift this year, yeah, wait till oh. next year. Whew. Yeah, that's what we're talking about, Guapo. Wait till you see what I create. It's for just it. gonna be you and me laying side by side, spooning on a beach somewhere. Yeah, it's gonna be. Dope. It's gonna be a beautiful thing. I can't wait. AI. Uh. Along with other beautiful things, Landon keeping his streak alive. This guy, man, ships another one. He's mm -hmm. just uh, I'm the Jeremy Becker of online WSOP small buyer. You yep. are, you are. Uh, I'm just kind of, I'm you own a computer though, so it's a little bit different. <laughs> right, right, right. I, I own he a probably computer. can't play online. <laughs> uh, champions keep playing until they get it right. Shout out to Billie Jean King. Yep, just got to keep playing, putting yeah. in work. Yeah. I don't really know how to flex not having a computer in 2022. I don't know if it was a flex. It's, I it mean, just it, a statement. it is, right? Is I don't it have true? I don't think he was like, I don't even own a computer. I, I mean, I think it was more that's like, that's how it reads off. I don't even own a computer. Like, the but, way that I see that that kind of stance of like the report being like, I don't, like, the, the way I study is, okay, we have the asset. The way I study is watching Poker Go FTs and watching GG Super Millions. I don't study. I don't study. I don't have a solver. I've never even seen a solver. It's like, this is not the hill you want to die on, man. Um,. I mean, look, here's the thing. I think it's really great marketing for the game. Uh, I think it's very important to... I'm nothing against the guy, obviously. No, I know, but uh, I, I want to I wanna, like pull on this a little bit because I think it's an interesting conversation. He's a freestyle. Uh, I, I like, I really like the way that things have, um, let's say, matured within the information era of poker. It started hardcore, like, if you don't, if you're not a solver nerd, you're fucked. And it was a lot of like similar to what we're seeing with AI now, where it was a lot of doomsers. And the problem with that was it was displacing such a massive portion of the community, right? Like all the way from top end pros down to casuals. As in like mm -hmm. if PO Solver came out, we would have had a pod, if it came out now, we would have had a podcast about how this is going to change the game. Yes. And how detrimental it could be with yeah. having answers from the like machine. In, in 2015, mm -hmm. 2016, when PO first hit the scene and Sauce was like kind of the main proponent of like showing 
and demonstrating what theory was, how important it was and everything else. It was very rigid in nature, right? And we didn't understand that much because most people in this industry don't come from a computing background. They don't come from a logic background. Theory being theoretical principles? Uh, yeah, just, just like game theory like principles. toy game. Yes, exactly. So, so from a toy game aspect, everybody should have been really excited because that's just the way that you were thinking anyway. It's just a means of illuminating it, right? Uh, good players were always thinking in the ace-king-queen game scenario. Mm -hmm. They understood... To some degree, even if they couldn't put language to it, what it meant to be uh, at the top of value, what it meant to be at the bottom with a bluff, and what it meant to be somewhere in the middle to bluff catch. They 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 internalized that, right? Um, and everybody navigated it pretty well. Whenever it came to the point of being able to measure this now, and we also understood EV. Like, even, even pre-solvers... Um, People get their hands slapped enough time betting hands with equity and position getting jammed. Not, on. not even just that. We un we literally understood EV. We knew the calculation for it, just only at all at the point of all in. Ooh, right. Okay. So we understood all in EV, and that's how the first solvers were developed. Like I imagine, I, I would guess prior to PO being public, somebody as smart as Ike probably had his own like very dream machine. Uh, well, maybe even pre dream machine, but like I, I imagine, like you know, late two thousands. Uh, early 2010s, a guy as intelligent as Ike with a computer science background was probably very easy, uh, or probably had a very easy time developing some sort of like rogue EV machine, right? Like Card Runner's EV is a, a good example. This this came out pre-solvers. Pretty sure this was like 2014, what 2013. Was, what did it do? Uh, it calculated EV very similar to a solver. It was just like very rigid in what you could input export evs in the sense of like just not on not only on rivers or at every point in the i think at every no. point but i think honestly i it's been so long since i used it i can't remember if it was comparing like range versus range or hand versus range um but it was just basically it was a very simple ev calculator that was like really robust and kind of complex to use by comparison to the ui ux now isn't it sort of similar to poker stove no, stove was just an equity calculator. Yeah. Um, but you, it, I guess, similar in the sense that it was in uh, for stove, you could compare hand versus range or range versus range. Stove is just raw equity, like Equilab. Yes. Yeah. Where it's yeah, like exactly. you put an ace king versus a twenty five percent range. Right. But it was a big deal because it was the first. Mm -hmm. It was the first uh, piece of tools that we had that compared more than just hand versus hand. Right. Like Got it. We could actually look at the equity of a range versus a range. Wow. When that came out, everyone was like, "Holy shit, we're fucked." People didn't know. People didn't use it. That was that was the beauty. Like that was what made you a top player is that you knew what stove was and wow. you just kept it to yourself. You know what I mean? Like if it's you speak, like you're in big trouble. You would run into a tournament spot and you'd be like, "Oh, okay. Like I can figure out what the equity of your hand is versus his three bet range and whether or not you should." And that's what we would this do. This is when because, Ace King started going all in more. Yeah, and it's like that's how we would figure out like raw EV, right? Because mm -hmm. it would be like, "Oh, well, should you jam here?" And we would figure out the equation for like fold equity based off of what we think their range is, uh, what your true raw equity was whenever he called, and then we would determine, like, is it winning or losing? Um, and that was just, like I said, I used to do EV calcs by hand, uh, like way, way back in the early 2000s. But again, it was only at the point of all in, so it wasn't worth a ton. It was helpful. I mean, it was helpful because you'd be able, this is before push fold charts, right? Mm -hmm. So you'd be able to figure out like what you believed to be the break even hand to shove. Yeah. And you were doing these things and nobody else was doing them. So it, you had an, it gave you an edge. Right. Right. Anytime <clears throat> you're doing something that nobody else is doing, it gives you an edge no matter what kind of, gives like, you a little bit of clarity on it. Yeah, right. A little yeah. clarity. Mm -hmm. um, but fast forward, whenever, you know, Sauce started promoting 
PO a little bit, kind of like digging in and being uh, a lot more studious, it was a lot of fright because the collective that was, you know, kind of the early adopters, if you will, were specifically online guys and specifically like mid to high stakes guys, which were already good. You know what I mean? So they were beating everyone and now they're getting better. Yeah. And everyone so, else doesn't have money. So the for fear it. was tremendous because it's displacing so much of the community, right? It's displacing guys as high up as <laughs> it's like the exit versus the sorry people. Yeah. Yeah, because like it's it, it, it's displacing guys as high up on the food chain is like Ivy, right? Where it's like, oh, Ivy's not going to beat the solver. Exactly. It became very Ivy's clear. the end boss against all of us. Exactly. It became very clear very quickly. There's a new god. That this is more powerful <laughs> than somebody as good as Ivy that we put on this pedestal as being the greatest of all time, right? The barrier has been increased. Right. So when that happens, imagine like if he feels even slightly displaced, imagine what the lowest guy on the totem pole feels, right? right. And that was the collective. So this became like very, very scary. And it turned into this uh, scenario where it was like very doom and gloom because more information started coming out. You know, we had the the first uh, the first like theoretical book that came out. Um, his name's escaping me now. For some reason, I think his name is Matt, but uh, he's actually just a doctor, not just a doctor, but he's this is a, the first book on what? I'm sorry, uh, theory. Um, I think it was advanced. There's like applications of no limit. Yes, hold exactly that. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think it was Matt Jonda. Is that correct? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So yeah, John does actually like a PhD uh, in medicine, um, but he was a an avid poker player and understood game theory pretty well. And he wrote that first basic template for theoretical principles, how they apply. It was a fantastic book at its time, a little bit outdated. Now we know a lot more. We have more vision over um, the areas where there's a little bit of oversight in that one. But even prior to that, um, like the uh, the book Mathematics of Poker got a lot of this right too. Um, you know, they, they really understood the core principles of game theory. They just weren't able to extrapolate it out because they didn't have the tools, right? So they didn't have the vision over the entire game tree, but they understood the, the, like the raw math that drives the game. The thing was, it didn't matter. You didn't need the raw math because nobody had it. Mm -hmm. So you're just operating in this realm of wits and wagers. And it's like, if you understand the raw math better than everybody else, then perhaps you can make more correct decisions, but it almost doesn't matter because it's such an assumptive process anyway. And everybody's so goddamn random in 2008. I mean, still now. Yeah. Yeah. Still now, but like way less. So there are a lot more guardrails now. Mm -hmm. The best you could really do by even understanding the underlying math is like, you know, Read the, the close spots you could deduce logically what made more or less sense. Um, <clears throat> fast forward now to the solver era and it was just panic across the board. Like everybody was terrified to play online for sure because it's like, well, I'm just against killers, which now ironically is similar, but it's because we think they're using the tools, <laughs> not that they actually right. know what the tools do. I'm playing against God. I don't want to play against God. Correct. Um, <clears throat> and in the live realm, it, it actually became like a, a shame and blame type of uh, community because we wanted to push like we wanted things to stay as they were. So it became a matter of like ostracizing people who the fell in. nerds. Yeah. And that's where I think like Polk really fit into the narrative because he came and he sold this narrative of like GTO. Right. And he, f I, I don't want to say it was just like specifically him. Like GTO was the introduction of theory to poker mm -hmm. and it was the label that was used, but he and Joey. GTO kind of, is a way of life. Yeah, yeah. They kind of promoted it in a, in a, 
in like a fraternity type of way. Yeah, Joey has a uh, tank top for it. Yeah, so they made it. They made it like they marketed it as a style, as a stylistic approach rather than just a comprehensive strategy. And a lot of people, especially young kids, really bought in because they recognized the guardrails that it provided and they recognized the direction that it offered them, which was way better than guessing their way through like the rest of us had done for decades in the live realm. Yeah, I have a friend that I came up with playing online, like small stakes, and I was very like, not solver camp yet, but kind of getting there. And <coughs> my friend Evan, shout out to Evan, he was like very big into the uh, like upswing and like started from there and then started with the GTO and then got Pio. Yeah, there's there he is. What a guy. And he like now is playing high stakes and is a very, very good poker player, but that's where his background and foundation came from. Right. Was that fundamental strategy of like the one, three hands, two, four hands, and then right. trying to figure it out. Yeah. So, you know, this this kind of became the progression from I would say like twenty sixteen to maybe just after the pandemic, like twenty 2020, twenty, twenty twenty one, somewhere around there. But then what happened is um, because there was such a big community shift where now the barrier of entry just became information, right? And GTO Wizard is a massive, massive tool in, I think, both helping uh, create this barrier of entry, but also helping to really change the narrative moving forward as far as like what it means to be a good poker player, to be studied, et cetera, et cetera. When did Wizard come out? I think right after the pandemic that's when it was just only a database library yeah mm -hmm. yeah it may have actually been during the pandemic i don't recall They've but somewhere so around much. 2020 yeah massive massive growth in a few years um so basically now the barrier of entry is a lot higher right you can't just sit down and guess your way through and be good or not like too much of the community is at least looking at the database they may not be able to derive much from it they're not good data analysts but they can like you know run through a pre-solved database and say what was my hand supposed to do and Honestly, get some sort of result. That's kind of the big key idea here to me is being good at data analytics. Like you're able to look at a solve, look at a spot, look at button, big blind, look at low jack button, and just take away all of the important concepts as to why the machine chooses the size that it does or why it doesn't bet at all. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, well, that's what's happening at the top level. So hard to do. Sure. And that's why I think... I think it's like beautiful the way things have shifted because now what's happened is the whole community has gotten on board to recognize that there's new information. The science has changed. There's actual um, out-of-the-box strategies that they can start to execute at least at a very simplistic level like c-betting 25% with range. Like that became a trend, right? There are all these trend lines kind of trickled down from the top to the bottom. And now where we find ourselves in 2024, which I think is a really healthy place for the community to be <laughs> is you have a lot of top end analysts that understand theory really well that are able to utilize the tools very efficiently and are able to communicate in a way that the general populace can uh derive some sort of value from right um and then secondarily they're also able to create and adjust trends as we learn more. Kind of so, like the Rhonda Patrick for fitness, right? Like they do all the tough work and then they bring it to like common people yeah. and we're like, oh, mm -hmm. like that's nice. Right, and it's a game of telephone, yeah. right? When the words come out of her mouth, they mean something very specific. Then that gets re-communicated through the person 
interviewing like her. The Huberman mm -hmm. said. Which then gets distributed yeah. amongst the masses. Like, and you should take these sort of vitamins. You should do this because of all these reasons. But then they're like, all I know is I should do this. I should take this. Right. And I don't know the reason why behind it. Right. So by the time it gets down right. to the bottom level, they're maybe taking one of seven of the vitamins mm -hmm. or they, right. they know that they should sauna, <laughs> but they don't know how hot, how right. long, how often, what time. Right. Like they know they should cold plunge, but they don't mm -hmm. know if it should be before or after workout. For or two for minutes. Or, two minutes mm -hmm. or 20 minutes or yeah like so the information continually dilutes like c vetting quarter pot is vitamin d right <laughs> right yeah no it's yeah right. so things like dilute from the top to the bottom like mm -hmm. we understand at a top level like, well you uh, can't just do that <laughs> how powerful like it is to be able to range bet in certain spots but why that also is the case it, it's because of a specific oversight in the reaction when the reaction changes now we just range bet a lot less for quarter pot and we have these other strategies that, that spurn off of it right yeah. point is is that enough guardrails have been passed down from top to bottom that people have some level of comfort when they sit down they understand that there's a handful of things that they should just do do or don't do or right? don't like, do don't yeah. just four bet pile some hand because you feel like it right like instead, mm -hmm. like well, maybe. have guardrail, right? And then you right. choose like a call Ace Wheel. Yeah, yeah, Ace Five. Yeah, they're out there eating it yeah. with Ace Five. Right? I people hear about Landon, like, oh well, he just you know he just gets it in with a Ace Five. So now they're just out there just blasting away with Ace Five with no <laughs> with no uh, reason behind it, and right? Probably so get you some so trouble. the biggest point that I'm trying to make here uh, with regard to Jeremy Becker and bringing it full circle is that now theory has like made its way all the way from top to bottom and it's created this um let's call border around what is uh reasonable within the framework of of theory right but the thing is is that uh it's a very zoomed out look so all you see is the the border if you're not at a top level right but when you go to the top level you're so zoomed in that like you have this beautiful piece of artwork that the bottom level just can't see like you're so deep into the nuance and you can recognize every brush stroke and you know you can see all this other stuff and the fact of the matter is you can zoom in even further and like there's an underlying total other piece of artwork you know those like layered pieces of art oh where God. it's like you're looking through a window that's looking through a window that's looking through a window kind of thing that's that's like the way that the theory is ultimately going to work on Konakova's story she went to an art museum like a french art museum and i'm like i don't know what it's just like painting right. with, with his lines I'm like yeah, yeah, exactly. i don't know what this means and then she said another go i also don't know what this means right <laughs> right so it's like uh you know for some people all they see is the border right and then other people see like a blurry image i'm like it's blue and green all right right so other <laughs> other people see like blurry colors and then other people start to see a blurry image and then you know as you get up you start to see more and more detail and you get to see more and more nuance but the thing is is that because everybody sees the border uh we just assume the the disparity between people who can use tools in a very nuanced way versus somebody like Jerry, Jeremy Becker or I, I would you know assume Daniel Negreanu is another good example. They don't run their own stuff. They just kind of like learn through osmosis. They watch. They watch. They pick up trends. They're very much EQ over IQ type of of players. And the way that they build out their strategy is almost through counters. Right, <laughs> so I've seen people do this, so my response should be exactly. this. And don't get me wrong, there's That's a lot a really of good, good. There's a lot of good that comes yeah, from that. Sure. It's like steel manning an argument, mm -hmm. right? Uh, I think it's actually a really uh, great way to approach strategy construction, um, or one half of strategy construction. Because most people, most people who are good at the tools, 
are good at building an aggressive strategy or an offensive strategy. They don't really spend too much time on the counters other than is my thing exploiting this, right? Sure. Most people don't really dig in super deep into the um, how do I build a very robust counter strategy because we like to simplify the counters a lot because generally the counter is passive, right? Mm -hmm. Most of the counter, like the same way Most that... Of it's just trapping, right? So I'm going to protect my ranges, do check calls, like the raises don't come in as much as they're supposed to. Well, the same is, the, the same is most of your strategies when you're the preflop aggressor in position will be betting. Uh, the majority of your strategy when you're the out of position defender will be calling, right? That's mm -hmm. just simply the way that it goes. So the calling seems simpler. So we just like leave it alone to intuition or we look at it, but we only look at it at a cursory level. That's, but the cursory level issue is the issue when it comes to trying to understand the baseline. There's no issue. It's just different tiers, right? Like everybody is capable of taking this steps and steps further. Uh, there will be people at one tier that are just looking in a very generic sense from both sides of the coin. Like when in position with advantage, bet. When out of position as defender with certain hand classes, call, right? And that's their strategy. Sure, it's more, okay. it's more like life hacky than it is like actually getting somewhere. Sure. But sometimes there's going to be outliers that do very well. And then in the other instance I, I would, of it all. I would attest that there's a lot of outliers. Like there are a lot of guys like Jesse Lonis, guys like, uh, you know, I, I harp on D-Nex, but it's like, I, I just feel very confident that uh, he's probably never opened an actual solver himself to run stuff. He probably just like gets outsources it. Yeah, he outsources it, which is fine. But uh, as somebody who's done both, there's a big, big, big loss in translation when somebody is just doing things for you because you lose the exploration aspect. Like so much of running your own Sims is saying, well, if this, then that. A lot of curiosity. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of digging and probing. And it's like, okay, well, my intuition said that half pot was good here, but the solver saying full pot is good here. Let me see what the EV comparisons are. Oh, okay, I don't lose that much, but my, I lose strategically. my strategy on the turn is vastly more complex if I come through the half pot node than through the full pot node because now I have like one and a half times the range that comes through and I need to figure out how to juggle that. So I have a multi-size strategy on the next street. Oh, that's very interesting. Yeah, you like know what I mean? Not, a, not an HRC plug, but like when I've started becoming more curious and running my own spots for pre-flop in HRC, you can very quickly make some small tweaks and say, okay, the ranger's supposed to call in theory looks like eights plus ace queen whatever let me just give him sevens and sixes let right. me give him some suited stuff like how does this change my jam how does this change my rfi and like those are part of the adjustments you can make through looking at the tools but how would you know what adjustment to make if you've never looked at a tool you're just kind of guessing but and sometimes you're gonna be right but broken clocks are right twice a day but that's kind of the beauty of of the current state of affairs and why i say that this is the most healthy that i think the community has been in years because even just on this podcast set alone we have a massive hierarchy where like we have someone like you that is balls deep in every sim that's ever <laughs> existed. Deep. Love you know what I mean? Like, thanks for the imagery. Because like you're not just you're not just uh, you're not just a PO guy, right? Now you're an HRC guy as well. So you're you're. I you're, thought that's up for Hillary Rodham Clinton. Well. You would. Uh, so you're just you know you're you're examining everything from like all these varieties of MTT spots to cash spot whatever like you know you're 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 covering all bases same mm -hmm. thing with Hunt like you guys are just like really really deep into the analytics mm -hmm. then you have somebody like me that is uh, you know studying but I'm studying very purposefully 
in the sense that everything is curated to the exact environment that I'm playing. Everything is very spot dependent, player dependent. I'm kind of painting ranges or adjusting ranges as I see fit. Well, you have to because there's seven deuce game, there's stand up yeah, there, game. Exactly. There's I have carnival games. I'm playing multi-way, right? There's a lot of things that I have to account for that now I need to be kind of an intuitive scientist, right? It's a mm -hmm. lot of hypothesizing and then testing. Empirical data, if you will. Yeah. And then you... In the streets. Right. And then we, we start to, to, to come down a little bit where it's like, you know, Brian, Conrad, and Guapo all have varying degrees of introduction into theory, mm -hmm. right? They've all been given the same cursory information. They've all walked through the academy a bunch. They've gone through our training content. So they have the principles in place. I see what you're saying. They have the, the commonality right. of the foundation, right? Mm -hmm. the, the level of like snide is kind of disappearing from one or the other. Like, oh, like the hard exploit guy versus like the hard exactly. solve guy. We're like the hard solve guy is kind of like, you know what? Like yeah. maybe some of the solve stuff isn't that great. But Correct. some of the live stuff is great. Like exactly. some of these practical mm -hmm. counters or... It's weird. We in, like, only the see the extremes of... at the extremes. We see the extremes on the solver side at like absolute nosebleed MTTs. And then we see the extremes of, I don't believe that GTO bullshit at like one, two, no limit because it doesn't <laughs> apply to my game. You know what I mean? If and the, then everything else in, between, in my game, right. But then everything else in between, if you are winning in any sort of capacity, you've had some exposure. So even though Becker says like, I don't even own a computer. I've never looked at a solve. He talks hands with people that do. Right. Right. Look, I did it. I did Polk's podcast in 2019 or 2020 or something like that, where we went back and forth, and he admitted on air, like I'd never looked at a solver. Like he literally said the words, "I've never looked at a solver." Right? Iconic clip. But mm -hmm. and he was four years into having a, a training site at that point that was promoting solver outputs. The the point isn't that he's an idiot for having never looked. That's that's not the takeaway at all. It's the exact opposite. It's that his mind works in such a way that he's able to build framework second-handedly off of mm -hmm. people who have looked at solves and have pulled certain principles out. And then from there, you start to lay the bricks and mortar as you start to dig into the machine yourself, right. right? And that's the progression. So maybe Becker has never looked at a solve and he's very successful because he's able to derive so much about the game second-handedly through observation, right. through listening to other people that have run these yeah, spots. He's definitely doing things that the solver does because right. he knows that that's what you're supposed to do. Exactly. And that's, a you know... I guess that's, that's part of the part of the right. not part of the issue I like surmise is that getting to those conclusions you can still be right without doing the work. Right. Like you watch a right. lot of poker go FT, you'll see someone like Fox and take an ace x off from the big blind and three bet a lot or like take mm -hmm. a king x off suit combo and then Becker sees like a king x off combo and goes, "Oh, like I've seen Fox and do this. Like this makes sense. I'm going to three bet." And it's like, mm -hmm. "Is it good? Maybe, right? Did the chip leader open or did somebody else open? Like it's hard to know if someone's doing something under the guise of this is correct because I saw somebody do something similar in a spot I think is close mm -hmm. once right. versus I know why this is good. I'm going to choose this combo and potentially mix. Exactly. For it. Exactly. Right. So it's, it's the foundational why that separates elite from good, but it's now a question of how much win rate is there actually behind knowing why versus what? Like, is knowing what just enough? And generally speaking, especially in the live realm, the answer it's is yes. come from someone who started a company called Solve for Why. <laughs> right, because for me... Solve for what? For me... Solve for what? Uh, if, you're, if you're thinking critically, you can now extrapolate off of things that you've never seen. Right. Like, I can get taken into a node that I've never been in my, my life before, but if mm -hmm. I understand the core principles 
and I understand why things do what they do, I can at least come to some logical conclusion that, you know, we'll be right within some margin of error. Mm -hmm. and, um, and I think it also, knowing the why helps when you're, when, when things get monkey wrenched, yeah. right? Like when you get thrown into a situation that you didn't run a solve for, you didn't uh, like, uh, like, you know, you're just kind of in the weeds and then you can kind of uh, break it down from there where you know, th okay, this is why this works in this situation so I can, uh, you know, brain solve in real time. Well, then you're just never going to have the perfect answers. Right. So no, right, having the, the boundaries is going to help Fade potentially mm -hmm. roasting it. Like knowing, I, knowing what is supposed to happen will already put you ahead of the field. Knowing why will put you ahead of the people who know what. Right. Right. And it just becomes a matter of how much win rate is there available between the between why the, and the why and the what mm -hmm. to make it worthwhile. And I think for it's a lot. It, I think it's a lot too. But for <laughs> most people, it's probably not necessary. Right. Like if Jeremy Becker wants to be around for twenty years, he has to understand the why, and at some point, he'll have to run solves. But if his goal is to play for five years, maybe make a bunch of money and then get out, understanding what could very well just be enough. Well, yeah, you understand what, and then you win a few all-ins along the way, right. and you win a WPT <laughs> for seven figures, and like exactly like a guy like Rampage is another good example. Like I'm, I'm not saying that he's theoretically illiterate or anything like that, but if I had to guess, he's probably replicating a lot of things that he's seen, or you yeah, know, he talks with smart people yeah, that tell him things exactly, but actually understanding the why to the point where he could curate lines himself or he could come up with theories his, himself to test probably not happening but he doesn't need to do that that's not his job right he's not he's not i, I always say there's a big difference between a practitioner a practitioner and a theorist right the practitioners are the ones that are out there putting in 2000 hours on the felt every single year and they're just executing a strategy that they've curated in the lab right and whether that strategy is complete or not doesn't really matter because it's what they're armed with in the moment. So they're going to derive whatever EV that strategy can um, earn in their particular environment. Until they get to a point where it's like, is this still working? Is this not working? Exactly. Then what they have, have to, to change? Go, right. Then they have to go visit a theorist mm -hmm. and correct some things. And that's where you hire a coach or whatever. And like you look at some weak spots and you try to plug some holes. The theorist is constantly in the lab trying to curate new strategies. Constantly looking at all the boundaries and saying, can we break this? Right, trying to be ahead of the curve. Exactly. Like when people start using B10s, right? right? That was like the first time it's like, oh shit, what is this 10% pot? This is this can't be good. Exactly. And now it's like, oh no, it's pretty fucking good. Right. And it's <laughs> it's still tough to find. Or like finding more leads, right? Finding the polar leads versus like the small leads yeah. or finding... Uh, and that stuff, that nuance, it's not a lot of EV in the machine. Leading for quarter versus three right. quarters is mm -hmm. it doesn't generate well, versus the in the machine it's going to be like you're going to be fine doing whatever right. the machine can play against itself but like how much EV do you actually gain by doing it in game right like maybe the overfold is massive and that's also unclear because maybe the overfold is massive but now your values hurt right where maybe they would have made a mistake versus your value doing something else like, it's I always, got more if I checked or exactly <laughs> it's always this like catch twenty two of you're still dealing with very imperfect humans. And you're attempting to manipulate them in your favor, you know, in real time. And you're always playing a one of one. Everything is a vacuum mm -hmm. spot. You're trying to make the like. You're trying to make the the problems sorry, tough, not a vacuum, right? The you're, opposite of vacuum. You're spot. asking. You're you're trying to find out where you can make the most money, yeah. and sometimes that's not through the big lead, even though it's sick to do it. Right. It's like, oh man, like this is a spot I can go like two x pot, two x pot. 
And right. so, so that's 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 where the that theorist value. meets the practitioner, right? And that's where the best in the world are able to find the exploits. So here's a great example. I played a multi-way hand yesterday. That it's very rare to have such perfect information. Sorry, <laughs> got real plugged up. Uh, it's very rare to have such perfect information, but multi-way spots will often offer them because there was an alternative path that a lot of other hands would have taken, right? So here's the scenario. I open to 300 playing 100, 100, and I am 77,000 effective. Uh, Ralph, three bets the cutoff off of 8K to 1K. Now that's obviously a very polar range. He only has 80 big blinds. Um, and he doesn't need the three bet. Like this, this game can play calls very easily. He's not going to get squeezed, whatever. So he three bets the 1K. You can sit at your game with 8K? Uh, I mean, you sit with 10, but like You're doing you don't no. have to top <laughs> off. Um, so the button then... They're looked down upon. <laughs> ...who is a fun player, cold calls. And now Oaken is in the small blind who has me covered. And he tanks and then calls. And it's like, well, I both know Oaken pretty well and I know Ralph pretty well to know what that cold call range looks like. It's not wide. So it's not going to be things like... I shouldn't say it's not wide because it's still too wide. But my point is it's not going to be like bad hands. Like... King eight suited. It's wide, good, like yeah, suited, connected, exactly. pair dance, mm -hmm. precisely. Not the best pair. It's hands that could not. Bet. It's hands that could not win an eight k all in, but hands that can play really well. Seven hundred and fifty big blinds effective if I come along. Like jack ten suited, exactly. like queen ten suited, queen jack suited, suited broadways, pocket pairs less than eights, uh, and then like suited aces, ace wills. Well, I would say like suited aces, yeah. ace 10 and below. Okay. Yeah. Right? Like ace jack suited is probably just good mm -hmm. enough to play an all in pot. Um, and then ace nine, ace eight, you're probably in there a little bit, maybe. I would think like ace nine through ace three or ace four are probably just Four like hammer just going to be in. Yeah. Cause like he probably just doesn't think that uh, he knows the same about me. I'm not just going to go for it with fives here. Cause you're running to Ralph's and exactly. just get bladed. Yeah, but exactly. I, I'm you'll just gonna, still continue wide, try to maybe, and then you're going to try to play with Oaken. <laughs> exactly. Because it, com it becomes this proposition where now he's deep and I'm incentivized to call a lot wider in order to play a big pot versus him. So I have two eights. I'm really close here, right? Uh, I think that this is like good enough versus Ralph, but uh, I decide that even though it's good enough versus Ralph, I'd rather just like play a bigger pot versus Oaken. So like I might even flat as high as tens here. Uh, not because they're not a hand that's worth squeezing. Of course they are. I just scoop the pot a lot. But bigger picture, uh, like where all the money is derived from, winning this 4K now isn't that important. And getting Ralph's stack half the time, because we're probably flipping a lot, also isn't that important, right? Playing a 1500 big blind pot versus Oaken is important. The man wants more. And it's like, if I don't think he ever has 10s or 9s or 8s, really because he's just happy to play an all-in pot with, with Ralph here, then uh, I'm going to trap a little bit more often. So I call with eights. It comes king eight, seven, rainbow. Yummy. Checks, checks through four ways. Turn, offsuit five. Checks to me. I bet two-thirds pot. Folds to Oaken. He calls. So now there's $9,000 in the pot. River is a king, pairing top pair. Mm. And the way I have him ranged after he check calls turn is he has 9-10 for an open-ender, is Jack 10 for a gut shot. He has uh he has an eight some of the time. He has like seven six. What kings does he Weak have? Weak king, king ten. He'll have I think he'll have King Queen down to King Nine suited. Okay. I think he'll have King Queen off. 
-hmm. some of the time probably not very often you block king eight but he probably doesn't have king never eight has king eight never has king seven never has king five right just so king nine is the cutoff just because that's where that can even make king it. nine is close yeah right. i think king he 10, might just yeah. king, king, king ten king ten yeah, yeah. King but the nine point, is, point is he never has a full house unless it's exactly sevens or fives okay and you right? beat those right so i beat those so i know that he has king x that will pay and i know he has full houses that have cooled off that are worse so when it checks to me, I know 910 is just always going to auto-fold. Jack-10 is always going to auto-fold. Right. They're not good bluffs, right? And he doesn't really have many hands that he's going to check-raise bluff that are showdown value down. Correct. Like he's not going to have 6-7 suited. Correct. So when he checks to me, we have options, obviously. Now, if I've outlined that all the hands that will continue versus my bet are incredibly strong, they're all like trips plus, you would think then that the natural strategy or at least what the practitioner would probably do. So if Becker's in this spot, for instance, perhaps he says something like, okay, every hand that he has is really strong. It's trips plus. So I'm going to bet a size that he'll check raise. But the issue with that thinking is he has to be very cautious of the fact that you have all the full houses. Mm. He has to know that you have king eight, king seven, king five suited. You have eights and sevens and fives. So he's not just going to take a hand like, king 10 suited and check, and check raise you because you also have king jack and king queen it's too mm -hmm. thin it's too thin right so now you've lost massive amount of value versus that sort of it's hand it's too mm -hmm. thin and you can't support it as you don't have top so Correct. we should go big real big right and he also probably doesn't have a lot of bluffs yeah so check raising becomes a lot less appealing now mm -hmm. whenever you run into blade and you have queen jack you could get three bet bluffed queen jack You're like you can just have like can jack never 10. have queen jack you I have bluffs, of course. I'm saying you. Saying he doesn't have bluffs. The so check raising becomes a lot less appealing. Yeah, yeah. Because right. he bets them on the turn, probably. Yeah. So it's like maybe he has exactly 7-6 as a potential bluff candidate. So whenever you run into top and you're devoid of bluffs yourself, it becomes a lot less appealing to put in a big check raise. So I'm not going to like half pot or three-quarter pot here. I'm going to 3x pot. Yeah, he's kind of not allowed to raise just by the way his construction looks. And right. you go 27,000? 27,000 in 9K. Nine. Yeah. And he shoved. Oh, oh no! Because he has exactly what you expect him to have. Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! For Oaken? <laughs> yeah. Right. Not oh no for Berkey. It's like uh, I I beat him in. Of course. It's like he has exactly the hands that you think he's going to have. When I bet twenty seven thousand there, I expect a snap fold or a decision between calling and jamming, and mm. that's it. It raises off the table. Raises off the table. King X probably never folding. I just like over bluff. How long did he tank before he jammed? Um, not terribly long. Couple Maybe. minutes. Um, couple minutes. That seems like a long time. No, not, well, not when his, you're facing three x well, pot. Like in his brain, like you have a hand like king queen for sure. You can still beat that for sure. And then you might like bet mix six. You're like, ah, oh, fuck. For sure, I could also just have fives, right? Yeah. He doesn't want to lose out on that value. Um, I guess the issue is the risk reward is stinky. very high. It's very high. But the whole point is, is like this is where theory meets practice, right? Because theoretically, you a machine and so that he can't. Like in right. spots like this, he cannot raise. Right. Prior to prior to examining these polarizing lines where you get the 3x pot, I would have just settled on pot here. Maybe pot and a half. And That's a lot of value. Yeah. But like all of his King X probably just calls, you know? And that's a lot of missed value because I could have got twice as much. Right. Until he starts folding King X, 300% is going to outperform 150 for mm -hmm. sure. Right? And it's like, yeah, maybe I still get stacks versus sevens, but maybe not if I bet pot in half. Because maybe I go... Because now you bet 18, he raises, or, you jam. Sorry, maybe I go 12K, and now he goes 30K, and I shove for 80 or 75, and he might 
have to tank fold because what do I got? You know, now it's me, so I'm sure you'll bluff look king at, queen. Yeah, I'm sure you can look at it and just say, like, this guy is turning a king into a bluff. I have to call. And that's fair. But you don't want to rely on that, right? Mm-hmm. It, your hand becomes much worse in value in this in this spot. Exactly. Because now you have to pray for something that you might not know exists. Kind of scary. For him, you're saying. Yeah. Yes. Like he has sevens yeah. and raises and gets piled on. And you're like, well, now I don't know if he's even bluffing with a king. Exactly. But if I fold this, now I'm folding everything. Exactly. And then he calls and he sees eights and he's like, I'm an idiot. Right. <laughs> right. But he folds, he also feels the same. But if he folds, mm-hmm. he just thinks. It's like, like, oh, I just never have a call. He folds and like you like call it, have like king queen some of the time. <laughs> and then like you flip a queen on him. He's just like, I'm an idiot. Why did I just do that? Right. Because that that's the big <laughs> issue. You never want to put yourself into a corner where your range is so capped that when you face the next aggressive action, if you fold your folding range. It's almost like panic jam. And that would be what was happening, right? Like maybe he could convince himself that he would like check raise call eights uh, and that justifies folding sevens. Um, But like, you know, the point is still the point. You don't want to position yourself into having like nuts and then having to fold. And that's what a lot of people in the live realm do. They don't think they're not, they're not theorists. They're only practitioners, right? And the, the, the big uh, the big fail point for the practitioners that you know maybe a guy like Becker or Negreanu or somebody like that will fall into is there will be certain lines that are just devoid of a portion of range, and that will cap them in such a way that either they're never folding or they're never calling. Well, like right? the example being versus like certain action, the handy mm-hmm. played versus Becker played versus Hunt, where you like led one big blind on the King X turn, right? Which you just can't do that. Yeah, and it's like why? Because it doesn't really benefit you, right? Right. And that's something that a theorist who've looked at ICM spots and look at ICM posts would be like, yeah, this isn't allowed. Right. Versus someone that just knows that you can lead and play aggressive as chip leader, wants to start putting chips in the pot, but now you don't generate fold equity very often. Right. So now when Hunt raises, Jeremy's in a position where like perhaps he just never has a fold. And he thinks, oh, like Hunt raised a king and now I'm going to get him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or something because he had king X of spades. But yeah, yeah. Point being. Right. But point being is like he's positioned himself to where his range is shifted into a way where it only takes one action. Or maybe it takes multiple actions, but none of those actions are fold. Right. And that, that's always problematic. Anytime that there is uh, a bet and a raise or a check and a bet, some portion of the response has to be fold. Always. Fun, always, enough, always, always. This is kind of like the left curve of the IQ chart meme where people say, like, oh, like, wait for it. <laughs> Right. Like wait for the good spot versus somebody. Yeah. Because at some point, a good spot can exist by people not realizing that their ranges are capped and overvaluing hand strength. Yeah. Where like the theorists don't like to call it the other side of like the Jedi right side of the curve is like, okay, mm-hmm. his range is capped. I know that I can take this size because he's not supposed to do anything about it besides just call, but then he's going to jam his good hands because he has a full house and what else is he going to do? Yeah. And now here we are. Yeah. I think that's, that's very well stated. Um, so anyway, uh, just to put a bow on this, like, I, I thought it was a, a worthy discussion and a very fascinating one in the sense that there's this air of, I don't want to say arrogance or pompousness, but like of, of, um, uh, correctness within those who are capable of, uh, theory crafting and really understanding the game at a nuanced level. There's a level of judgment from them over the rest of the field that kind of comes off as arrogant of like oh holier than thou these guys don't know they don't see the game at a granular level the way that i do and what i think an example of like becker or dnegs or a rampage or a lot of others jesse lonis is a good example um even me to a very high degree i think chance is maybe another good example i think what what you can glean from that is that you don't need to see the game at a granular level to have a massive win rate 
mm-hmm. and that's a beautiful place for the community to be. Right. You don't because, need perfect to win. Right, because online is not that. Online requires a minimum barrier of entry of granular understanding Which, of the game. For what it's worth, they all kind of have. Yes. Just from being around long enough, talking right. to mm-hmm. sharp people. Right, but yeah. like, look what it's done to the ecosystem. Right, it's dying. It's it's created that now in order yeah. to be at the top, it's not seeing the game granularly. It's using RTA. It's using cheating methodologies to gain an edge. Right, and now at the bottom, you're just chum. Yeah, you know, it's it's an acquisition model to f- refill the bottom over and over and over again to chum the waters, so that the people who can feed off of that bottom can then get zapped up by the people who are cheating. Right, like, and I hate to put it in a doom and gloom way. That that's an over exaggeration. Obviously, <laughs> um, the 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 cheating mechanisms aren't taking all of the win rate out of the online pool. There are plenty of good players that are still winning, but they're winning largely because of weaker regs that exist based off of the the recreationals, right? And if we see any of those disappear, online dies. Live is so much more healthy in its current state. Because though there is this top level of people who see the game incredibly granularly, they are shut out of private games. They are disinterested in the average stake that's available online. And they are disinterested in how slow live poker is. Mm-hmm. And that's all a beautiful thing. Or for they're people. playing Triton events. Right. <laughs> and that's all a beautiful yeah. thing for the people who may not see the game at a granular level, but understand the broad strokes incredibly well. Mm-hmm. Those guys really get out and mash. A Darren Elias, you know, you put him in an open field, he's just a killer, right? I don't know that he's going to be able to pass a GTO test at the end of the day. You give him a 25-point quiz, I don't know that he's getting... Uh, sorry, he'll pass, obviously, but I don't know <laughs> that he's getting, like, a so 90. Amongst, like, high-roller peers. Well, it's not even will. that. It's just uh, if you give him a letter grade, I don't know that like he's going to get an A on a 25-point quiz, right? It's hard to get an A. Of course. That's yeah. my point. So it's like, you know, he may only see the broad strokes of the game, but that's so powerful, especially because you don't get distracted by the granularity to take away from the obvious exploits. It's also mm-hmm. worth potentially more, too. You know, it might just be worth being better at just like understanding the game for what the game is versus bogging yourself down. As That's to what, what the I'm saying. Says. He doesn't get he doesn't get caught up in the details. Instead, he's more granular about opponents, right? He can just look at somebody and say like, "Oh, they fall into this certain archetype." Therefore, I have to play good theory. My versus... my yeah my my strategy adjusts ever so slightly left, right, or center. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's true, and man. that's a lot how a lot of people <gasps> in the mid stakes cash games are are crushing. Exactly, they're absolutely crushing. Yeah. Do, playing like that. I think that's, that. that's a very fair statement where the... Oh, sorry, I didn't say, but Oaken had sevens, yes. The theory, oh. I think like the theory boys, if you will, will think, okay, this guy missed a range bet. This guy's clearly a whale. Right. Where in reality, it's like, this guy's not a whale pro- if he's winning and like has a good record. Where He probably does a lot of thing, good things right. Mm-hmm. Some of the things you don't want to replicate, right. but some of that good stuff might just be playing different strategies versus people where checking back isn't going to be that big of a deal versus someone that doesn't care, but versus a theorist, if you will, that is an issue. Because mm. and a theorist knows if you miss a range bet, you're mostly supposed to just check turn because the range is too strong. Right. But if someone just reckless abandon bets the turn because they check the flop and that's weak, now maybe checking back is better. Right. But like the theory, like straight, like, no, you can, you can't do this is the, the thing that I think that they're talking about when Daniel's like, oh, like the, when like allowed to versus not allowed mm-hmm. to. Right. Slave, slave to the same yeah, type like thing. People, people use yeah. their brains. You're still allowed to use your brain playing poker. Right, for sure. And, uh, yeah, I guess that's the, the, the 
ribbon on this uh, little present that we have is that I think brain solving and freestyling has, you know, risen to prominence again in a way that we haven't seen since pre-solve. And that's a really exciting time for me. I'm here for it. Um, because now, now we're not translating, we're not translating mechanics into uh, theoretical whys necessarily, but instead we're translating theoretical whys into logical ways to think about the game. And that was always the impetus behind Solve for Why. It was always meant to be uh, a way to critically think about a puzzle that's unsolvable by the human observation, by the human brain, right? Mm -hmm. So let's, let's put the pieces together in some sort of organized way that can allow us to outmaneuver somebody who's just randomly throwing pieces down on the table. And, and, you know, that's really what it is to brain solve, to freestyle. It's to take a lot of fundamentals and principles that you understand from game theory and then just say, like, okay, I'm going to outthink these people. And it's, it's beautiful when it happens. Like, it's frustrating when it fails, but a lot of times that's just kind of variance at play, you know, and you have to live with the outcomes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's... You've just got to be able to do both and not necessarily have... Some things are just completely terrible. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, look at ICM stuff. Look at, like, tournaments. Like, look at, like, call it baseline. Versus someone that knows what's going on, you can very clearly make some mistakes that would give the other person EV. Yeah. Because now you're playing a game of, like, my theoretical EV loss versus yours is going to be higher, so I need to try to mitigate that by playing better. Versus other people, like... And part of it, I think, my issue is the ego, where sometimes it's like, I think this person's not as good as this person, so I'm going to do something differently. And it's completely out of like out of left field where yeah. it's like this is a really big deviation you have to be very sure that you're right or not right <laughs> that when they're wrong it's like oh man like i was just wrong like is what it is where knowing the background is going to help you be able to make a better decision yeah i mean you know generally like, speaking when you're shifting into an exploit it's not some like very rarely do you jump two buckets like i'm not trying to exploit chidwick man you just can't right well, but like that's the live the guys point. Nobody's trying to exploit Chidwick. Like, that's, that's a I don't false think that's, equivalency. I mean, Daniel's trying to exploit Jesse by folding nine. Jesse's not fucking Chidwick, man. <laughs> no, but the point... The okay. Point, the point still stands. No, it does not. <laughs> those are not... Those are false equivalencies. You're talking about one Fair. of the ten greatest players of all time. And Chidwick. <laughs> and Chidwick. <laughs> okay. Like, they're just not the same. But, yeah, like, the point is, is that when you exploit, you don't generally jump multiple buckets. So, like... The, the, the point is, is that like whenever you have a hand like nines that pure continues in some sort of capacity, it's very rarely going to shift from a pure continue to a pure fold. Like the, the shift would be that it shifts from a pure call to like a mix of something, mm -hmm. right? Like that'll be how you exploit. Like sometimes it'll mix raise or maybe sometimes it'll mix fold depending on his tendencies, but it's never just going to be like a, a high five slam dunk. I know this is winning a bunch of money by calling, but because it's you, I just always fold. The only time that you can get that extreme is when you're against that extreme of a character, which is usually only going to be an old man coffee type. <laughs> well, that was <laughs> Daniel's argument was that it wasn't. That, it was that he was going to barrel. Yeah, yeah that this character type will put money in on the turn every time, so I can't call anymore. But that's mm -hmm. not. But that's where it falls apart because yes, you not only can you call, but now you get to call more on future streets. Because if he's just blindly barreling, you just get to make a whole bunch more money with weaker hands than they would if he was not blindly barreling, right? And then also, you know, the other aspect of your assumptions don't always come true. 
the barrels don't always follow. Or he right? just has a hand that shouldn't exist. Exactly. So, again, I don't want to make this about this hand. That's, it's not. That's just, not the point. But the point, the bigger point is, is like, whenever you're, whenever you're theoretically sound, the deviations that you make aren't going to be multiple... Uh, octaves in the other okay. direction. <laughs> what went with octaves? This is music. I mean, uh, to, to chew it is. I, I, I would say it's not like multiple, devi not multiple standard deviations yeah. away from the norm. Right, like if you think about variance as being like you know the the outliers are three standard deviations from the norm. Like your your in game strategy adjustments aren't going to be three standard deviations left or right. They shouldn't be. They shouldn't be. Right. It's too extreme because now there's way too much relying it's on. So funny. Your being correct. It's so mm -hmm. funny because the only time this ever changes for not everyone but mild mostly everyone is the main event. Yeah, but that's wrong. We we know that's wrong now. Like we just know that that's absolutely incorrect mm -hmm. you think so yes i i think that like there are some fringe cases where you can make the arguments of like uh you know we can we can always drop the scenario where folding king's preflop on day one is good well, uh, like, Q, and that that is like the three standard deviation play good example like cue the deuces hand i played this year last year in the main i don't know what it is when mm -hmm. i turned it a couple deuce. years ago no it was last year this past year yeah it was last year when i left myself 5k behind and then got oh, jammed yeah, on yeah 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 Okay. Where a guy yeah. bets pot, like I have deuces on like 8-8 eight, eight, or in, uh, I want to say it's like 10-10-8 turn deuce, river, brick, uh, flush comes in on, on, or flush bricks on the end. Mm. And it goes like, check, 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 multi-way. He goes pot, I call, river, he bets. I almost jam, leaving 5k behind, and then get piled on. Where you and I have had a back and forth about this. You're like, you probably just have to call the river. I just wouldn't leave the chip behind ever with a hand that strong. But you wouldn't have jammed River with a hand that strong. I probably would have. I mean, well, if I didn't, I mean, I would give myself a different decision. But uh, point stands that, like, yeah, I, I, I don't think that... Every time I play a hand in the main and then something goes wrong, it's always like, in the main event, you couldn't have done, you could have done something different. Well, because your butt in the seat is worth a whole mm -hmm. fuck ton of money. Like, there's ICM to a good player... That doesn't, one. that doesn't, yes, that doesn't exist for other people, right? Because your win rate is so much higher than the average player. Mm -hmm. um, Future but, game of the main event next year. Right. But that said, you can only control so much. What, where's the furthest you've made it into the main event? Three day hours. Two, day two. <laughs> yeah. Day two. And I bagged, bagged like I bagged one, one I bagged less than a blind because but, I but jammed like, all in minus I remember one. Landon, this, yeah. Landon on day three. I bagged like chip lead. <laughs> like Landon, like, like mid to late day three where like, people clam up and the yep. money yes, and yes, like yes. and you have like a pow you you in that seat is worth so so much because you will just destroy people right because right. because so of, of how people decide to play right so right. to that degree it is just worth finding a way to get there to get there right and then accumulate yeah. chips starting yeah then. you don't need to accumulate all the chips in in the first day where like just, for me it's the opposite you, not about you how have, you start you, it's you how you finish right like for it me really it's the opposite is. i'm gonna be way more dangerous day one through four yeah. than i will be five through nine listen i'll teach you how to how to tortoise it up for the first two days, <laughs> and then and then you'll be on day three, and then oh, you God. just get all your chips. That's, that just mean max late register on the main? <laughs> Actually, it's probably not a bad idea. For a good tournament player, I think it's a great yeah. idea. I think cash players mm -hmm. are the ones that should be there from hand one more so, because we get so much of our value uh, early in the event when everybody's playing deep and not very good. Speaking of the World Series... But I feel like everyone plays gets value from people not playing very good deep. Yeah, but again, I'm less I'm less valuable on day five than you. Just because of... You just know more. Just knowing 30 big blind yeah, poker or whatever. You just understand 
mid stake or mid stack poker better than I do. You understand ICM better than I do. Sure. Like I'm still going to be in accumulation mode on day five and six where like you're going to be in navigation mode. Navigate. You have to navigate or dominate. Yeah. <laughs> I can only do the latter and it's not very good. It's pretty ugly. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, the schedule was dropped today. It is. As we it's anticipated. Out. Let's go. 99 bracelet events. That's it. Uh, the main event. How many is, of them do you think I can win? Don't do this. <laughs> I'm excited, do this. man. Well, there's uh, oh. apparently 13 that you can play. Hey, listen, I'm gonna be playing. I'm playing all the 3Ks. Okay. No, I'm not. But I am playing all the uh, all the all the 1500s that have a name. <laughs> okay. You know the Millie, the the monster stack. Sure. What else we got in there? The, the mystery bounties. Mystery bounties. There's, there's a couple of them. Two not of the them. 10K. I'm not going to play the 10K okay. one. I'm only going to play the 10K. Uh, you, no, you're going to play. You're going to fire the I've 1K. Never, I've never played the 1K. You haven't? No. Not really. For I mean, all the reasons I stated yesterday, oh, I, I can't my, do get it. Get in there. You know, they added 100 tables, Burke. That is great news. 100 do tables. Do they have 100 more dealers, though? Uh, well, you know, if they come to the dealer academy, that's uh, all for why. <laughs> that they, is true. They could, uh, they could hire a few more. 25K heads up is early this year. You are the worst at this. You know? I love it, man. You can just wait till we plug the fucking dealer academy, man. Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> yes, the 25K is heads up, or the heads up is early. We don't care. You're going to play. Congratulations. I care. I care. Um, big schedule. I, I actually think that this is... Uh, Pretty similar to last year. Not a ton changed. Yeah, it is very similar. Still got the 3K Turbo 6 Max. I'm mm -hmm. done lobbying for uh, a faster structure. I'm here for it. Uh, <laughs> Wait, are you? Because it's not good. Well, I'm, I'm happy to play Turbos now. I don't give a fuck. Fuck There's, tournaments. Fuck all you tournament players. Make every, make everything 20-minute levels. I'm in. <laughs> I don't this is care. how they get you, yeah. Yeah, I, I was about to ask this. So, uh, you know, we had this lengthy discussion yesterday about, like, the small stakes stuff. Mm -hmm. They came out with uh, 13 events under 1K this year. They are Only two that are under, are, like, really small. So there's the Colossus and the Gladiator. Gladiator is 300, Colossus is 400. Yeah. Everything else is uh, 500 or above. Right. Um, <laughs> we have different qualifications. Very small, but sure. Of course, uh, we, so, do. Of course so we do. We want to compare bank accounts. <laughs> two two small events, uh, as Brian mentioned, that mm -hmm. should be massive fields. Um, uh, my question that we didn't really touch on yesterday that I'm interested in is, you know, you made a very strong case for why the sub one one k buy in should be there. It's more inclusive. It does bring in a lot of recreationals mm -hmm. that otherwise might not play an event, et cetera, et cetera. Do you think that it is desirable to that same group to play events that only have turbo structures? Um, Every event sub 1K is 30, 40. No. Or no, 20, no, 20, 30. No, no, that's, that's, that, no, that's definitely not true. Okay, which one? Um, uh, definitely the, the, uh, the Poker News one. Uh, that, what one's that? That's a new one. Uh, that's, that's the, I think it's the 600 Deep Stack Championship. Sponsored by Poker News. Okay, so that and, actually existed before. They just um, yeah, have a sponsor. I now. believe it is um, like fifty or forty or fifty thousand starting stack, forty minute levels. Maybe it goes to sixty minute levels on day two. I'm not sure, but it's it's definitely at least forty minute levels. Is this early or late in the schedule? Uh, I think it's halfway through. Okay. Um, and then there's the 600 ultra stack, which I believe is 40. Okay. Yeah. Levels. The 40. Yeah, you're right. So the deep stack championship is a 40, 60 structure, um, which I think the Colossus is also a 40 minute structure. Mm, Could be wrong. I'm 
pretty positive that one's 30-40. Yeah, let's find out here. Uh, Gladiators is 30-40. Um, let's see what else. Colossus is 40-minute 40, 40 levels. Okay. Yeah. Straight through, right? Straight through, yeah. Okay. I mean, not turbo-y, but also not... You don't get the 60-minute levels yeah, that you get you at know, the 1K. Right, exactly. And, you know, <laughs> like, there you go, Burke. You said you want to you wanna earn your way into the... Like you got to earn your way into the arena. Well, you got to earn your way into the really good structure. Well, that's that's what I'm asking. You know, and I I think that's okay. Yeah, no, I, I oh for sure. I I don't think you can have these smaller buy-in, massive, massive fields, and then just have really good structures. It, the the logistics doesn't allow for it. No, but right. There, and I think people are the okay ability, with that. Well, there's the ability to increase right. the time on later days. You know, on day three, day four, you could start playing sixty you minute levels. Like 30. Yeah, and I think some of them do that, don't they? I, I'm I'm but, also not advocating for this. I think if right. you're going to run small buy-ins, they should be the shittiest yeah. structures. But my uh, question is, if you're going to play the highest rake percentage wise and get the worst structure, is that something that that collective is no, very I, happy with? Yeah, I, I I get what you're saying, but I think um, also you you don't have to play it right. So like it's it's there as an option. And it, you can play it or you could not. Or you could go play a different event at a different venue that maybe has a better structure and a lower rakes, like, uh, you know, a lower And I rake. guess that so was like, that, largely my point yesterday yeah. was that the rest of the city is running, you know, 40, 60-minute levels at the same buy-in point. Why don't we just right. allow them to do that? Why does it have to be a bracelet event with a worse structure trying to... You know, run twenty five thousand people through. I, I don't know, but I I I like that the the people have the option that they want to do that, and yeah. and and the, those both the options existed, and people chose to come to the World Series. So over these other events, oh, I'd say they both benefit. Oh, 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 every 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 place benefited, right? And but I think that the fact that the 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 World Series events are always the largest events, and they're always um, and I think that spills over into the other events, mm. right? So like I think like if they don't have these small structure or these small events, the, the Colossus, the Gladiator, uh, even the, the Mystery 1K or, you know, some of these things that are small buy-ins, massive fields, then I think the other fields around town suffer as well. Really? Yeah, I, I do. I think, I think that, I think that the, the World Series gets them there and then the other places get them to stay and play a little bit more. That's interesting to me because I would suspect that between the major venues like Wynn, Venetian, Aria, and, you know, some offshoots like Golden Nugget, uh, Orleans, etc. I would imagine somebody who plays an ABI of like 400 mm -hmm. could probably play like 50 to 100 events throughout the summer yeah, yeah. without so, going to the right, World I Series. Think, right, but you're talking about the, the average guy. I'm talking about like the everyday man. But you're Woman, saying like you're right? basically saying they, like if right. if they play an ABI of 400, but they can't play a World Series event, then they'd be less inclined to come out here for the summer and and splash. Yeah, I'm saying the people that are going to play like just a handful. They of would events. never look at like the Venetian deep stack schedule and just be like, I'm there for that. Right, right. Like people like I'm going to come out and I'm going to play you know four events or something like mm. it, like then yes they're gonna they're gonna look and they're gonna be like oh well, I'm definitely playing that Colossus. Right or I'm definitely playing, and you're saying this. that off of that, then they'll say, "Oh, I'll play four more events." Yeah, or I'll play. Yeah, or they or they <laughs> run deep and they and you know they have some money and now they spread it out 
among the, the they're all of a sudden not going to start playing three Ks, right? So now yeah. they go around to other places well, around town, and I mean some will, <laughs> some will, right? I mean, what's, listen, what's as, a, as, a, as a degen myself, I understand you can degen it out, right? But like, you'd like to say something of a gambler himself, yeah. Uh-huh. But you know, um, yeah, no, I think I think that. Um, yeah, that, that allows people to come in. A lot of people cash these things, and now they have a little bit more extra money, and then they, they spread that out around town. Yeah, I think that that's a fair argument. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, it's abundantly it's clear like that... WZP saturated, and then they just, like, go, well, they, they balkanize. It, 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 is, it is pretty clear that, <laughs> like, fire. when they started to dip their toes into that lower stake arena, they didn't hurt the other venues. Right. Like, I think no. the like assumption other, other was... fields do well, even though... Yeah, I think right. the assumption was that they were going to steal traffic from, like, Wynn and Venetian and stuff the like that. The rising tide lifts all boats, bro. That just, that just didn't seem to happen, and I don't know... I mean, a lot of wrecks, you know, I think are very much of my vantage point where they're just like, I would prefer an experience, a good experience. In the defense of the people that think that way, I will say that WSOP puts out their schedule first and then everyone else follows suits. Right, yeah, yeah. So they no, see... smart. Yeah, of course, it's great. Yeah. They see that the low price point buy-ins mm-hmm. are on these dates, so they're going to wait till the WSOP ends theirs to then start theirs. Right. I which mean, makes maybe, sense. Maybe I, if I were some of these venues, I would just like have a later start time for a comparable price point. Price point, right? And they might do that too. Right. It's like, okay, you know, a bunch of people, thousands of people are going to bust this event. You know what? Let's just start the next one. Let's start a, a similar buying at like three o'clock. That's what you're saying? Yes. Yeah. Yes. You exactly. Probably, you probably just want to wait though, right? Until people can't re enter the smaller field ones. Um, like if the gladiator is yeah. a four day one, you just run it on the fifth day. So now that everyone yeah. that can't, well, I think mm-hmm. they do a good job of like, if you bag one of those earlier days, then you can come play our venue and still have overlap and play both. Mm-hmm. Right. You could bag both. It has and something still... to do on your days off. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe just run dailies for that. I've, yeah. I mean, when dailies did really well, they were getting like hundred K to first. Uh, I think they were, do- to first. they were doing like a daily one K. There were some big ones. Wow. Yeah. The one K was like 80 K plus to first yeah. a lot. Some I mean, of those are sick, man. Mm-hmm. It's like, what, a couple months away now? I mean, it'll be here before you know it, man. Way, way, way Scoop, too close. I know. And then back. Oh, man. Um, I'm, I'm very looking, excited. I'm looking to see. Very so excited. I, I will say that it looks like they did a pretty good job with the rake. So the rake on 300s and 400s is 18 and 17 and a half, respectively. Okay. Is that good? Uh, I, it's pretty opposed, close to industry standard, I think. Yeah. That's, like, if you, like, but, like, it's funny because you say, you know, go to other places, but, like, if you go to, like, you look at like uh you know a, a golden nugget or an orleans or like uh, some of these places you're looking at like 20 25 percent rate are you though yeah i mean you yeah. know those places should obviously be avoided but i don't think that's right. industry standard I, I i don't think like if you go to win you're so like, looking at 20 percent on a 400 yeah i i, I would say win though no. right win though no, and I, i'm not sure about off Venetian. the strip events sure when win has very good um a, a rake i believe mm. it's probably one of the best from from what I remember looking looking back at like for those lower buy-ins, yeah. their, their their rake structure is really good. Um, like I said, I'm not sure about Venetian, but um, I know some of like the other, <coughs> you know, off places, uh, definitely definitely have high higher rake. rake. Yeah, of course, of course. Mm-hmm. But you know, with that, you get a much softer field. Um, yeah, I think that it's worth mentioning they did have a couple new events. Uh, this 5K opener is. Uh, new-ish. It used to be like a 5K turbo that they would do every now and again, but now it's a bounty-esque type. It, it's sort of like uh, what they used to do in San Jose, Bay 101, the shooting star. Uh, so it's actually a championship 
reunion event, uh, which is an eight-handed 5K turbo. No, it's not a turbo. Sorry, it's 4060. So when eight, is this event? Uh, May 28th. So it's a 5K freeze-out, eight-handed. And if you knock out a main event champion, you receive an entry into the 2024 main event. So wow. basically a 10K bounty, which is pretty nice in a 5K buy-in. Um, I would imagine they're going to try to do what they did at Bay 101, where they put a bounty at every table. I think that's probably the only fair way to do mm -hmm. it. But I also feel like they probably should expect more than 500 runners or 400 runners, I guess. I mean, how many man, -man champs can they get? It's got to be under 50. <laughs> way under 50. Yeah. So some like, of them aren't alive. Anymore. Right. Some of them aren't alive. There are multiple winners. <laughs> right. Like, so maybe they get 30, 30 tables of eight. If they're like, lucky, they get 30, I think. Right, so now you're looking at like 320 entries. I think it'll be bigger than that. Uh, well, actually, maybe... That's a freeze-out. Maybe no, not. 30, 30 is good. They should be able to get 30. I mean, you, you Oh, think no, I'm thinking that they'll get more players than that. Yeah, right. Oh, okay, so you're saying that there won't be one at every table. Correct. Yeah. But maybe the... Maybe a lot of... But like, I'm saying they're going to get... They, maybe they'll get 35. Do you, think, do you think it'll be capped at having one at every table or do you think they'll just open tables that don't have a bounty and then just like leave it up to chance mm. it doesn't really seem like it they don't have the, they don't have the uh the structure sheets out yet i know I that that was the other thing right. i was looking at is what is the right. restart time because so, so they, they still have the 10 a.m start mm -hmm. time which concerns me a little bit 10 a.m start time for what a lot of the oh, a lot of the events well specifically like you the know those events. shit show events yeah mm -hmm. um but I wonder like what that restart time is going to look like because, you know, maybe with the additional tables and the, the faster day one structures, maybe they do bag at midnight and you turn around at 10 a.m., but even that's still pretty fast. How was your summer volume playing in Bobby's over the summer? Uh, I played Good, right? every day. Yeah. I don't think that's I took a single nice. day off. Um, nice. I, I played like seven events. I it think. was like that. That's when we were doing podcasts. We'd all go, we'd go to the WSP, go to Bellagio. Yeah, I never got the... I never got the main game, so I was able to just like do the pot at 10 and second then game. go to the second game as soon as I finished. Um, but yeah, I got my optimism cap on today, you know, as Hunt suggested. Yeah. So a uh, little excited. There is one misprint. They listed the uh, the 3K six-handed no limit as a turbo, but they, again, didn't label it as a turbo in the structure. <laughs> I don't know how they oversight that every single year, but it's a 30-minute structure. Uh, they also said that there's another six-handed 3K tournament uh, on June 8th, which is event number 25, and uh, that has the great structure, 60 minutes, but unfortunately, it's limit. Is that, is that confirmed? A, yeah, it was a misprint. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people on Twitter are confirming that. So... All no. the limit players out there, you get the good structure. They can't keep getting away with this. It's incredible, man. <laughs> I, I actually, I appreciate. Mm -hmm. I, I'm more likely to play the, the yeah, you're gonna six max you're turbo. You're going to super max it. There you it's go. only a two-day event. Well, yeah, you're going to do what you did last time. Oh, yeah, I did cash that one. You super maxed I it. I super maxed you it. You super maxed triplet. That's right. I did. I ran it up real nice. 45 um, minutes later. Is yeah. That, I, I have my ticket, please. I got fucked good on day two. I had like five blinds, and somehow I navigated like 100 pay jumps. That's what, 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 but. Out of all these events, excluding the main, is there one that jumps out? 10K6, or sorry, the 10K Mystery Bounty. Yep. Uh, secret Bounty? excites me. I don't think it's Secret Bounty anymore. No, I, I, think, know, it's, I think they changed it just straight to a Mystery Bounty. It's going to be... Well, I, I think it was a Mystery Bounty last year, but they turned it into a Secret Bounty. Well, it was called Secret Bounty. Oh, okay. That's ironic, considering the way right. that the structure actually did. The structure right. was very secret. Very secret. Yeah. People didn't know if they were oh, in the Bounty Prize oh, pool or not. Um... 
This is actually a new event, which is pretty cool. It's a um, high roller seniors event, 5K seniors. I event. love that. Yeah, I know that Salzburg yep. was like kind of uh, requesting something like that, and I mm -hmm. think it's well, well overdue right. based off the turnout for the seniors yeah. events mm -hmm. uh, in the past few years. I, I think that'll be great. Um, yeah, I, I really think my volume is going to be low. There's a lot of events on here that I think are fantastic that I just like old me would have loved, like the 2500 freeze out. That's that's always a favorite mm -hmm. of mine. Uh, all the six maxes, those are yeah. fantastic. But like the Millionaire Maker and the Monster Stack, those are those are my favorites. I think I haven't the, played those in they're, so long. They're they're so good. They're huge fields and they're really good structures, right? So like they're sixty minute levels. Yeah. Um, you start with the monster. I think the milli. You start with twenty five k in chips. The the monster. You start with double that, right? So um, those see those are events. Those are like marquee events that like when you're talking about the lower That's where they price, go. Like that's those are the ones that have ten of those. Let's have more of those. Yeah. Have more millimakers. Like, like let's just have more of those. Yeah. And I understand I'm okay with that. I understand the desire to do the same thing at a three hundred dollar mm -hmm. price point. There's only one three hundred dollar tournament park. One. Well, there's only but then one there's the five hundred freeze out. And then there's two five hundred. And then there's the eight hundred turbo bounty. Yeah, like look, the salute for warriors. <laughs> there's uh, thirteen events under one k. Yeah, the salute to warriors and the five hundred freeze out are not going to get a good turnout. Like to Real. me, mm -hmm. those just aren't important things well, on the schedule. Salute to warriors is good because it, it's it good. Benefits, yes, it's different. It's a charity event, right? Right. right yeah. But like the five hundred <laughs> freeze out. You just mean the structure in general. Yeah, it's like the five hundred yeah. freeze out is going to get three thousand people. It's going to be an annoyance and clog up the hallways. But like you know, first place is going to be one hundred fifty k. Like go play the Venetian. Yeah. You know? No, I know. Like they have like a, it's called the six hundred dollar ultra stack. Yeah. You're like oh ultra stack. Yeah. So you get a hundred thousand in chips and it's like five minute levels. It, exact. That's exactly what it is. Right. No, uh, no, it's not. It's sixty thousand chips, but it's thirty minute levels. Forty on day two. Sure. Um. But you know, yeah, it it's still super super fast. I really do appreciate how flexible they've been with the day one day two structures, like mm -hmm. making day one faster, day two slower. I think that that's really conscientious of of them as a whole. Um, I'd like to see more forty sixty structure rather than thirty forty. And mm -hmm. again, like this is echoing my point, like uh, with the smallest buy-ins, is that to me, like, and you know, maybe I'm an old man wagging my fist at clouds, but like. There was certain prestige to playing a World Series event. Like, remember when we were coming up, like how big of a deal it was to even come out here? Yeah. Let alone play in a, a prelim. Like, just to play in a prelim was such a big deal. And it's like to do so in a structure that's just like turbo y. I have no. And the cost of entry is so low. You know, it's just kind of like, eh, are we pumped about that? You're talking <laughs> past me here, yeah. man. Yeah, but are you pumped to play the 300 opener? Last time I was in line, I left it. Right. That's what I mean. Like, but I then again, I'm not the audience. You kind of are. I mean, if I were your age looking at this schedule, mm -hmm. I would plan on playing like 70 events. 70? I mean, there's a lot of no limit. How many are you going to play? 12. Yeah, I hope you play more than 12. I'm going to be playing more than 12. I'm, I'm going to play a lot. I have a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff, good stuff to play, but it doesn't mm -hmm. mean you always, like allegiance-wise, have to play WSOP a stuff. A yeah, lot of the, there's a lot of... Like the wind's going to have good dailies or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like if there's a... 300 or win daily where first is 100k i'm just gonna go play the 1k yeah yeah you, know, you made it to go. the round of 16 right heads up round of eight round of eight yeah we're gonna try to look be better this year i really fucked up last year it was very unfortunate yeah there's i mean there's a lot of events that i fucked up are <laughs> are like you know 1500 or whatever that I are agree. that are 40 minute levels yeah i agree right they're like yeah. I, yeah I, I like that that's what i'm saying i i feel like that's the the true 
the true bottom line is like mm-hmm. the 1Ks and 1500s that are like 40, 60 structure. Right. Yeah. Like the first is legitimately maker. like potential life changing mm-hmm. dollars. Yeah. Like, man, everybody like this used to be the bankroll builder. It's like you, you Call save that. up, <laughs> yes, that. You save up all year long for the World Series summer where it's like, okay, I have 20K put aside and I'm going to try to spin this to fucking 400. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to sit my ass in Bobby's room or Ivy's room afterwards and you're going to, you're going to know my name. Like, yeah. literally, that, that was. In a large way, my story. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think I would. I I think I if I'm like looking at this structure now, like or this this schedule, I think I might forego some of the smaller events. Yeah. To play uh, a bigger event, like instead For of sure. firing two two bullets into like a 500, play a 1K that has a better structure. That's what I said. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I I'm just yeah. he's coming around. <laughs> well, the tortoise is slow, but he gets there. Yeah. The tortoise likes slow structures. <laughs> but yeah, you can have a slow structure yeah. in a yeah. 1K. So, where do you first remember the marathon? 700K. What? Do you remember the marathon? Oh, yeah. I love the marathon. No, you didn't. I love this. Did you really? Yeah. yeah. I don't think I've ever played it. I played three days and didn't cash. <laughs> what is this? It, it was called the marathon. It's basically like the mini. Well, the mini main is a faster structure. Mini main's 30 minute levels. Yeah. Um, but it was uh, it was a 26. How many? How many? Uh, Miles are in a marathon, 26. 26.3. 26.2. Okay, yeah. So it was like, it it was like a $2,620 buy-in mm-hmm. representing a marathon. And the structure was like 90-minute levels or two-hour levels, same as the main event, something something insane. And you started with like 500 big blinds. Yeah. No way. Oh, my God. It was incredible. I remember I bagged chip lead of it on day one. I had like... I don't know, like 400 or 500 big blinds going into day two. 400 million chips in day one. <laughs> we had lost like 15% of the field. Yeah. Uh, so, but I mean, back How long did that tournament last? It was like five four, or six days. Yeah, four five or five days. days. I think it was five, yeah. yeah. Um, Apparently, WSB had a four max for yes, like one I played, year. That was incredible mm-hmm. also. You know who won? No. I just Tim remember. Adams. Oh, okay. I just remember my starting table was like me, Volpe, and another reg, and then a rando. Um... But it was like such a gamble fest because it yeah. was like you know this is when stars was still like 2011. Well, you have yeah. to play every yeah. hand. Like 2012 <laughs> or 13 or something. I thought it was pre Black Friday, but maybe, maybe it was not. 2011. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it was like really fun event. We were talking about it yesterday. I was like, because uh, we were just doing dumb WSP trivia. It's like Legend of the Game, still mm-hmm. really good now. Who they won? should they should do Canada? They should do a four max, uh, three blinds. <laughs> I, I'm Let's really go. surprised that they haven't taken to any of the carnival games. Like it's shocking to me that oh, they, they have, did. No, they have a bom- they have a they have a bomb double pot? they have a double bar board bomb pot tournament. No. Yes. How did I miss this? Um, wait. I'll play that. I think. Well, I think it's Omaha. I don't um, care. <laughs> I don't care either. I mean, let me see. I'll play it that. Is oh man, there's so many events. It might take me forever. PLO to find has it. a mystery bounty this year. Yeah. Dylan made a tweet about uh, it. I don't care about PLO Mystery Bounty. I know. I'm just mad But I do care about a double board bomb pot. Find it, Turtle. Find it. I mean, there's so many events. How? How did I miss this? It's not in the featured events either. They have, at the end, they have, uh, or at the bottom, they have um, special landmark events. But this what is not. What does that mean? This is not one. Uh, like the championship events. So like 5K Pot Limit Omaha, 10K Omaha High Low 8 or better. All, all the championship events, basically. Um. The 25k heads up, the high rollers, shit like that. But yeah, anyway, okay, so it does sound like uh, they have the double war bomb pot, which sounds interesting to me. Um, I wish they, I don't know if I wish they would do more flipping goes or just get rid of it. I can't decide, hmm. but I'm, I'm in one camp or the other. 
more or less? More or not at all. Like, I feel like it has problems, but I also feel like I really enjoy the notion of just like high carding to be in the money. You know what I mean? I, you know what I wish it was? I wish it was that they just did the flip and go portion online. Mm-hmm. Like just run a flip and go every single day online and then have it like, you know, turn into a 10K event. I mean, your live. issue with what they want to do is that they're taking a lot of staffing when they can just move it online. I don't care about that. It's like, I'm never going to walk to the, to the Paris or to uh, Horseshoe and play a 1K flip and go. But if you make it easy for me to just load up 10K on WSOP and run flip and goes, like I'm in. Yeah. Or at least have like online flights for it. You know what I mean? Like I would be in for that because it's always so small. I feel like it only gets like 120K to first for a 1K, which is like incredibly small. It is very small. Yeah. Yes. Maybe So maybe it gets like what, 200 people, something like that. Maybe less, 180 people, 150 people, something along those lines. Um, right. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I can't find it, but I, I know I saw it. I, I, know, I didn't dream it. Well, he might have. Uh, he saw source. Maybe I did source. dream it. He made it up. Source, I made yeah. it up. I might have made it up. Well, I, I don't see it he on here. He fucking made it up. I don't he, see he it got on you so excited you know for what nothing. I saw it on, I saw it on the uh, poker.org article. This is I what believe. it is. It's mixed. This is actually great. I'm fucking in for this. You found it? It's a mixed no limit hold'em pot limit Omaha double board bomb pot. There you go. This sounds dope as fuck. There you go. What's the $1,500 event. Yeah. It's $1,500. Yeah. Uh, two re-entries, 40-minute levels day one, 60-minute levels day two. Uh, what's unclear to me is if the hold'em part is double board bomb pot. It just says mix no limit hold'em uh, semicolon I think pot limit Omaha double board bomb pot. Uh, then yes, it's going to be double board for both, I think. It, it and should gonna mix, be. They're going to mix the games. It should be because if it's not, the hold'em is going to be irrelevant. Yeah. <laughs> like the Omaha will play so much fucking bigger if you have to play like normal this, no this, limit hold'em and fold. This means every single hand is a double board bomb yeah. pot? That's so sick. It might not be, there might not be a day two. It's a two-day event. Yeah, but there's going to be a lot of splitting pots. Yeah, that's true. Wow, that final table ICM is going to be sick, huh? That is true. Um, <laughs> I'm excited. You going to run some Sims for that? No, I'm just going to try to brain solve it as yeah, a theorist. There are I am. Sims for that. Yeah, that's Everybody true. has to play a pot. All right. Mm-hmm. Let's, uh, wow, that's exciting. Let's, Holy uh, hell. Let's wrap it. I got to blow my nose. <laughs> <laughs> Well, all right that's gonna do it for us here today i hope you guys all enjoyed it don't forget that we do have the mtt academy coming up at the end of may if you guys are interested in that go ahead and hit hashtag academy in the chat or go to solveforwide.io sorry academy. academy.solveforwide.io we're also running a cash academy just prior to that um and don't forget that we are running a dealer academy too if you're considering trying out for the wsop or you're looking for placement elsewhere we have a lot of connections around town, so uh, we do have high, high expectations that we'll be able to place anybody who signs up should they pass the course. Uh, you can find that as well at academy.softwide.io. Click in the banner above for the Dealer Academy and get all the details that you need. Thank you guys so much for joining us. We're going to be back again Monday. Have a great weekend, everyone. We'll see you all then. Peace. Peace. <laughs>